It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Trisankos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Good morning. Today is the 19th episode of season two of the Stacy and Stacy podcast. And thanks for being with us this morning. Just to remind you, we're here every morning, Monday through Friday at eight o'clock. And if we make you scratch your head a little bit, please share us with your friends. We will start off with a quick prayer, um, short scripture reflection, and then a topic that um, Stacy usually picks a topic that we are all on the edge of our seats, excited <laughs> to hear about. And today it's on prayer and what prayer really is. It's something that we find we struggle with, and it was really on my heart to talk more about prayer. I know there's lots of things you can read about prayer and what it is, and people talk a lot about a prayer life, but it's something I think we we all struggle with from time to time. Like, do I have a good enough prayer life? Am I praying the way I'm supposed to pray? Prayer is so important. So we want to talk about just fundamentally what prayer is and what you can do even during those times of of real life, like despair, yeah. anger, frustration, feeling abandoned by God. All right. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. And we're going to get started with a quick prayer. And in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for holding us in the palm of your hand, for hearing us when we call out to you. And Lord, we just um, ask that you would help us to be good stewards of all that you've given us, even of this day. Um, help us to follow where you lead us. We ask that you open the eyes of our understanding, that we may comprehend the scriptures, and that you would give us fresh eyes to see you, ears to hear you. We praise you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, and as always... Read your Bible. Yes, grab scripture. Spend some time with the Lord today in whatever that looks like for you. <laughs> All right. So today, the Alleluia jumped out at me. And when I read it, I think you're going to know why. It says, Open our hearts, O Lord, to listen to the words of your Son. And I think that is basically what we pray every morning. Open the eyes of our understanding that we could comprehend the scriptures. So I wanted to share with you two different verses in the Bible so you can kind of see where I get this from. Um, and then I want to look at the story in Acts 16 where the Alleluia comes from today. So first, Ephesians 1.18, it says, I further pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know the hope to which he has called you, how rich and glorious is his inheritance in the saints. And Luke 24, verses 44 and 45, it says, Then he said to them, this is Jesus, This is what I meant when I told you while I was still with you, everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. 
Thereupon he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So I always pray before I read the the Bible, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding that I would Mm -hmm. understand your word, that I would comprehend your word. And I kind of put these two scriptures together. And a similar thing kind of happened in Acts 16. Um, It says one of the women, and this is where the Alleluia comes from. And it says one of the women whose name was Lydia was a worshiper of God. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. As -hmm. she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart to accept what Paul was saying. When she and her household had been baptized, she urged us insistently, if you regard me as a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she won us over. So in this scripture, it doesn't say what Paul was saying specifically to her, only that God opened her heart to accept it. But if we look at the the scripture, it says that she was a worshiper of God. So her heart, she loved the Lord. So perhaps Paul was telling her about baptism because it says that after she heard him, her and her household got baptized. The reason that Paul was there in the first place was because he had had a vision of someone asking him to come and help them. And he responded to that vision and he went to Macedonia because he concluded that the Lord wanted him to be there to preach the gospel to them. Paul's heart was, um, I mean, Paul's heart was open to the Lord. He was open to whatever the Lord told him to do, wherever the Lord told him to go, be it spoken word, written word, or in a vision. And when we read the scriptures, we can ask God to open our heart to hear him. And this is one way we can follow him in our lives. So, um, you know, when we began this second season of the podcast, we decided to do a quick scripture reflection each morning. And the quote that we started out the, the, the season with was St. Augustine's quote, when we pray to God, we are speaking to him. But when we read the Holy Scriptures, he is speaking to us. And this has really spoke to me because it's my greatest desire to hear God. I mean, I want ears to hear. I have even asked God to give me big ears, elephant ears. I want to hear him so clearly. And I I ask God, please don't speak to me in parables. (laughs) Just write it plain, (laughs) write it on the wall, make it plain to me. (laughs) Please help me to, you know, if if I'm going to hear you, please help me to understand what you say too. There's actually a story in Nehemiah chapter two that I read years ago. And it's um, it's where Nehemiah was serving the king wine. And the king noticed that Nehemiah was sad. So Nehemiah's hmm. hometown had been destroyed and he really wanted to go back and rebuild it. He wanted to go back and be with his people and to help them. And so he, his countenance is down and he's he's sad. And it says, so the king said to me, Why is your face sad since you're not sick? This can only be sadness of the heart. Hmm. Then I was very much afraid. And I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my ancestors, graves lies waste and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what do you request? He's saying, how can I help you? What do you need from me? How can I make this better? And this is what it says next. So I prayed to the God of heaven 
Then I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor with you, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my ancestors' graves, so that I may rebuild it. But that part right there, the king is saying, and I feel like the Lord is saying to us, you know, what can I do to help you? But when somebody else is asking us a question, when someone else is saying um, anything, anytime we get asked a question by an employee, by our children, by our husband, by a friend, someone that we're trying to share the gospel with, if they ask us a question. I love what Nehemiah did here. It says, so I prayed to the God of heaven. Mm-hmm. Then I said to the king, I don't know how long that pause was, right? But if the king is sitting there looking at you, waiting for you to answer, I guarantee it wasn't very long. <laughs> like he didn't say, you know what, let me let me go over here. I need to pray about this for a minute before I answer you. I mean, the king is sitting there saying, tell me what you need from me. Yeah. And Nehemiah quickly prayed to the Lord and then turned and said to the king, I want to hear God that quickly. I want to be that in tune with God. And I, I'm not saying... I'm not, this is what I want. Okay. This is what I would desire. If, if mm-hmm. God asked me, what do you want today, Stacey? I'd say ears to hear you, Lord, mm-hmm. because I feel like if I can hear him telling me, you know, that scripture that says in the Bible, you will hear a voice behind you. Whether you turn <laughs> to the left or, the, or to the right, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way that's what I want. Lord, what, whether I turn to the left or th- to the right, I want you saying this way, Stacey, walk this way. Oops, stop. Turn to the right. <laughs> Stop, turn to the left. You know, I want to be led by the Lord. So in Matthew 10, it says, uh, and, but when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. Now, to me, that's kind of a scary verse because I'm such a, I want to be prepared. I always want to be prepared. I always, you know, prepare for everything. And I am learning to step outside of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. and just follow the Lord and not lean on my own understanding, you know, not not trust in myself and not trust in my preparedness, quote unquote preparedness, but to trust in the Lord. And I mean, it's hard. I remember one time, though, I was um, I was speaking at a women's conference in Peru. And because I'm such a planner. For weeks before this conference, I mean, I was working on this. I knew I had it down. I knew exactly what I was going to say before I got there. I was totally prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, I was prepared. But the Lord, oh, but the Lord had something else in mind. And (laughs) when they were playing music right before I was supposed to get up and talk, God gave me something totally different to talk about. It's Uh like my notes, I just set them aside. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And I knew that I knew that I knew in that moment, God had given me something to say. So I got up there and totally, I'm telling you, I had no confidence in myself, but I had total confidence in God in that moment. He spoke to those ladies. He did it because I was, I didn't say anything that I had prepared. It was all him. And it was so much better (laughs) than what I had prepared. But if I, that's my prayer is, Lord, I want to, you know, open the eyes of my understanding that I would comprehend your scriptures, that I would hear you, that I would allow, that I would set myself aside and allow you to flow through me. And I think you are prepared, though, Stacey, in a different way, because you take the time every day to to read the Bible. I know you have that morning time that you 
you spend reading the Bible and you, I've never met anybody that can just pop off scriptures as fast as you can <laughs> on things. And, that, and you know, I get it now, like we talked about in yesterday's episode that you, you are able to pray out loud and invoke those beautiful phrases because you know them by heart, because you've spent time reading the Bible and, and you see it as not just reading and exercise mentally, but talking with God, prayer with God. And mm -hmm. uh, I think you're prepared mm -hmm. in that way. You're prepared to do a whole lot more than just speak at Peru. You know, we were talking about this reading today. I, I particularly find the reading a difficult one in the uh, gospel when Jesus is explaining to the friend who's asking about what to pray. So, you know, he's Suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, lend me three loaves and I need it for my journey. I have nothing to offer my friend who came to my house on this journey. And and Jesus is giving the parable. Don't bother me. You know, would that friend say, don't bother me? The door is locked and my children are in bed. I, I can't give you anything. And and if if the neighbor keeps knocking, eventually the man who's already gone to bed with his family gets up <laughs> and gives him what he needs even mm -hmm. though he and his kids have gone to bed and mm -hmm. like, I can never see myself bugging God in that way. Like I would, I wouldn't do that to my neighbor. I wouldn't go over to my neighbor and say, <laughs> Hey, some friends have shown up late at night and I got to feed them. Can you give me some food, get up out of your bed and give me some food? Like I, I don't see myself doing that with my neighbor. I see myself more like saying to my latecomer visitors, I'll feed you in the morning when I can get to the grocery store. <laughs> but, uh, but I, but I guess the point here is ask and you shall receive seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened. God wants us to come to him for everything. Yeah. He's not just our mm -hmm. neighbor. He's our creator. And, and he right. wants to give good gifts to his children. And I think that's at the core of what our prayer life is about. If we just look at prayer life as I've got to follow the schedule, I've got to read my Bible every day, which I did as a kid. I read I read one chapter a day. And that that means I read the Bible through three times as a child. I was doing it, though, as as an obligation, which was fine. I'm not saying we shouldn't have obligations, but at, in my mature heart now. I try to do that thing, pray without ceasing all the time. And there are sometimes I'm happy to ask and and be and trust that I will receive. But there's a lot of times, especially with the crazy life of raising children and grandchildren and and worrying about your parents that you love so much and, and your spouse. There are times when I just don't feel like asking God for anything. Like there are times when I flat out think I can't. And uh, th those times were probably more frequent early in my conversion because I had a lot of shame. I had a lot of uh, things I had to sort out and face and admit for myself. But there were times I'm like, God must be so tired of hearing from me. <laughs> he, he must no. be tired of me coming to him again with my problems, asking for this, for that. And, and I'm not even following a schedule where I'm, I'm praying regularly like I should. But the point to all that is, as you mature in the faith, the way you think about prayer changes. I, I just love how faithful you are to read your Bible every day and see it as your prayer time. And I know you've done that whenever you've been in the middle of something really difficult. You'll make time, like the whole day even, to go sit with your mm -hmm. Bible on your back porch. 
in the Bible, it says that a fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it really comes down to a heart issue. I don't think it's whoever has the most elegant prayer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. it's not, it's not how long it is. It's not how um, super spiritual it is. It's not how it's, it's the heart. I mean, you can cry out to the Lord and just like, like last episode, I was saying, you know, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I mean, sometimes that's all I got. So, mm-hmm. you know, and like you said, it is just God never tires of us coming to him. Yeah. I mean, he never tires of it. We it's keep asking, you know, it says it's like the scripture that you just read. Seek and you will find knocking and, and the door will be open to you. Ask and you will receive. But it's like a he says him, it says in the, um, if you keep knocking on that door, we are to keep asking, keep knocking, keep believing, keep standing, keep fighting, keep asking, keep knocking. Um, he doesn't grow tired of us. He welcomes us. He wants us to come to him and in whatever that looks like for you in that moment with whatever you're going through, it's going to look different for all of us. I am learning to appreciate philosophy more, even though I struggle with it. (laughs) I've studied theology because I was searching for answers. There is a great value in just getting down to the basics of things. Like, what does it mean to pray? And if you ask a kid that, Mm -hmm. they'll say, or if you ask anybody that, prayer is talking to God. I mean, I can just imagine like in the room, if I'm in a room with five kids and they're asking me for things, I'm like, y'all need to hush for a minute because I can't even think. And I, I know God is not like a tired mother, but I can't imagine. It's hard for me to wrap my head around this God wanting us to constantly pray to him. It seems like it would tire him out. <laughs> but, so it, it helps me to know what prayer is. So I do go, I find great, great, great help in reading the Summa. I'm not trying to be all fancy like, oh, she reads St. Thomas Aquinas. No, it helped me <laughs> a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not just trying to say Summa Theologia. I'm, it, it helped me a lot. And I, I want to go quickly through what I mean, like what is prayer? Because what St. Thomas breaks down, so it's question 83 in the second part of the second part. And it is in that treatise on the virtues I keep talking about. It's the second part of the second part, questions like one through 163. That's the, the treatise. It's in the Summa. It's part of it. And the context, actually, I didn't know this. This blew my mind. The context matters here. St. Thomas is talking about virtue. First of all, he explains that virtue is a power that we have because we're intellectual creatures, because we are rational souls. We have the power of intellect and free will because we can think and we can will because we can search for the truth and we and we can seek love and God is truth and love. So we're made to search for God because of that. We can practice virtue. Virtue is our power. We, we are not just dumb animals. We have we can practice virtue to perfect ourselves, to become more fully human, which means to unite ourselves to God. And so in that treatise on the virtues, how to be more fully human, he starts out with the theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. And, and then he goes through the cardinal virtues, prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. We talked about temperance the other day. But what he's saying here is there's an order. If you just don't believe in God and you say, I want to practice prudence, you probably wouldn't say practice prudence because that's not used very much today. But if you just wanted to practice prudence, you would say, I want to have right reason. I want to reason properly. 
Aquinas says you can't really do that if you don't have faith, hope, and love. If all you're trying to do is rely on yourself to reason properly, you're only going to get so far that you need that grace of faith in the testimony of Jesus Christ and the things God revealed to us, hope for a future good of, of attaining heaven and the beatific vision and love. It all has to start from love of God. So mm -hmm. coming down from those things, if we have right reason, prudence, guided by that light of faith, then we also are going to be able to practice justice. But you have to have right reason to practice justice. Justice is giving to the other what he is due. And so it's hard to figure out what you owe your fellow man if you're not using right reason. Right. And so when we get to that justice, then in the treatise on justice, where St. Thomas is talking about justice, it's in this cardinal virtue that he talks about religion and devotion and prayer in question 83. And what he's saying is religion, which the Latin root is re legare, it means to reunite. We practice religion to reunite ourselves with God. And it's a matter of justice. God is our creator and our redeemer. And we owe God our existence. And so what we're trying to do when we practice religion is as a matter of justice, repay God in gratitude, knowing we can't ever fully repay. Like we're never going to make it even. We're never going to finish repaying God for our existence and salvation and say, okay, we're even now, God, leave me alone. Never. Like, And, and we don't need to despair then because our efforts are never going to be good enough to repay God fully. We can't do it. We cannot do it. But God wants us mm -hmm to try because he appreciates our gratitude. So practicing religion, the liturgy, all the rubrics and the words and kneeling and genuflecting and, and crossing ourselves at the right time, all those things, it's like our effort to show God how grateful we are. That's why we show reverence for the Eucharist at mass. But then prayer is right under that. So prayer is talking to God and we pray as a matter of justice. We are obligated mm -hmm. to pray as a matter of justice. If we say, I'm just not going to pray, I can't pray, I don't want to bother God. What we're really saying is, I don't really think you can handle it, God, and I don't have any gratitude. So hmm. that was powerful for me in understanding what he means by prayer and that prayer is an act of our intellect. It's an act of our will. Um, it's okay if our mind wonders when we pray because we're only human, but we should always strive to get our head back in the game you know, and don't, don't fall mm -hmm. asleep if you do fall asleep, but we should try. And so when I think about prayer mm -hmm. that way, then I shut myself up. Like Stacey, get over yourself about prayer schedule and your prayer life. And you don't want to bug God. No, that is how I understand pray without ceasing. God desires us to constantly rely on him and thank him for things. Mm -hmm. He does because he wants us. We, we can't rely in and of ourselves. You know, apart, apart from him, we can do nothing. He wants us to be connected to have, to abide in him so that we can produce good fruit. He wants us to, it says in Psalm 55, to cast our burden on the Lord. And he says he will sustain us. Cast your burden on me and let me sustain you. It says he will never let the righteous be moved. I'll hold you up. I'll take care of you. And then, and then we've all heard that scripture in Matthew that says, come to me, you who are weary and overburdened, and I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke. Mm 
it's like an it's like when I read this scripture, it says, take my yoke and learn from me. And and, um, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's like to me, it's like he wants to make an exchange with us. Come to me and let me take your burden and I'm going to give you my my peace. I'm going to give you rest. You give me what you can't carry because in all honesty, we're not created to carry so many of the burdens that we put on ourselves and we try to carry in and of ourselves. We're not created to. We are supposed to give it to the Lord. We're supposed to trust him. We're supposed to find our rest in him, not in the world's way of doing things or the world's way of giving us rest, but in him. So he wants us to come to him. And I I think that that, you know, if we can wrap our minds around that. It's it. God loves us so much. It's like if you know that your child is burdened down with something. Mm-hmm. So many times I've told my kids, I wish I could take this from you. I wish I could. I wish it could be me and not you going through this. I wish I could take this from you. But we know that we can't because, I mean, we're just human. We can't do it. We can sit there with them. We can walk with them through it, but we can't take it off of them. And the Lord he says, give it to me. Let me help you with this. So I just think it's such a father's heart to want to want us to come to him. It's such a father's heart for him to want to give us rest, want to give us peace, want to help us in in every situation that we're in, Mm -hmm. need us there. And I don't think he, you know, if we look at him as our sweet Abba father, I don't think he ever tires of us coming to him. No. And and that what, what is so what what St. Thomas says that I found so beautiful and it's such a simple thing, but it, I don't know if for some reason my head just didn't get it until I read that. St. Thomas says at the end of that that question on prayer, when when we pray, when we when we turn our minds toward God and we will our hearts towards God and we pray as an act of love and gratitude to God, even if we're in the most desperate time of our life, if we're completely muted by despair, like I, I've been in despair so bad sometimes, I just I just can't pray. I just don't even want to don't want to calm my mind down and do it. I can't. I have been so mm-hmm. so overwhelmed and so scared, especially like in in the early days of my marriage because I didn't even understand what a relationship is, much less a mm-hmm. marital relationship. I've been curled up in the fetal position, sobbing my eyes out, and I couldn't do anything. And mm-hmm. it, it was because I had read this that it came to my head, just say his name. Yeah. And there have been times when I've been crying so hard, all I could say is Jesus. Mm-hmm. All I could get out is Jesus. But what mm-hmm. St. Thomas tells us here is that when you give that little gift back to God, you're like, God, I'm just going to trust you. Jesus, I trust in you. Sometimes I can't even get the last part out. Jesus is all I can say. If you just give that little, little tiny mustard seed of faith to God in your worst, most difficult moments, that little gift you give God, you are the one that gets the big gift of an increase in faith. And yeah. that has had, and I, you can't understand what I'm talking about unless you've actually done it. And I know you have Stacy, mm. but there have been times when I have, I have thought that the world, the ground is just going to swallow me whole, that I'm never going to be able to get up and go on, that I'm, I'm not going to be able to overcome this. I'm not going to be able to endure it. I felt like my, somebody's holding me underwater and I'm going to, and I'm just going to have to pass out and I, I'm not going to be able to survive and if I say that one little word, you can feel the gift of faith flood over you. Mm-hmm. 
that Rising gift of faith up. just comes to you so quickly. Mm -hmm. and, and so here we are trying to give God a little gift. And what does he give us? The so very more. biggest mm -hmm. gift we need to be able to survive. Yeah, that that is so beautiful. And that is the love of our father. That is that's it, Stacey. You just summed it all up right there. If we just cry out just whatever we can give him, he will take it and he'll multiply it. Mm -hmm. I just love that. That's beautiful. We just want to encourage you. We know what it's like. I'm sure you all could tell us lots of stories, too, that even in those worst times. And I don't think at the end of our life, you know how we pray to Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Yeah. I think when Mary's praying for us at the hour of death, she's not going, hey, on October 6th of 2022, you didn't spend enough time reading the Bible that morning. Yeah. I think. You fell, you, fell asleep. <laughs> you, you fell asleep playing the praying the rosary <laughs> on December 7th, 1989. No, she's yeah. not going to remember all that. I think what counts no. at the very end of our life, at the hour of our death, is that we kept trying and never gave up. Right. And if you fall asleep praying the rosary, that just means you're in peace, that it mm -hmm. has given you peace. So don't beat yourself up about that. <laughs> I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Prasenkos. <laughs> Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>